0: Section twenty one of the Freedman's Book by Lydia Maria Child. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Meeting in the Swamp by L. Maria Child. In eighteen twelve there was war between the United States and Great Britain, and many people thought it likely that a portion of the British army would land in some part of the southern states and proclaim freedom to the slaves the more intelligent portion of the slaves were aware of this and narrowly watched the signs of the times mr duncan of south carolina was an easy sort of master generally thought by his neighbors to be too indulgent to his slaves one evening during the year i have mentioned he received many requests for passes to go to a great methodist meeting and in every instance complied with the request After a while he rang the bell for a glass of water, but no servant appeared. He rang a second time, but waited in vain for the sound of coming footsteps. Thinking over the passes he had given, he remembered that all the house servants had gone to Methodist meeting. Then it occurred to him that Methodist meetings had lately been more frequent than usual. He was in the habit of saying that his slaves were perfectly contented and would not take their freedom if he offered it to them nevertheless the frequency of methodist meetings made him a little uneasy and brought to mind a report he had heard that the british were somewhere off the coast and about to land the next morning he took a ride on horseback and in a careless way asked the slaves on several plantations where was the methodist meeting last night some said it was in one place and some in another-a circumstance which made him think still more about the report that the british were going to land he bought a black mask for his face and a suit of negro clothes and waited for another methodist meeting in a few days his servants again asked for passes and he gave them when the last one had gone he put on his disguise and followed them over field and meadow through woods and swamps the number of dark figures steering toward the same point continually increased if any spoke to him as they passed he made a very short answer in the words and tones common among slaves at last they arrived at an island in the swamp surrounded by a belt of deep water and hidden by forest trees matted together by a luxuriant entanglement of vines a large tree had been felled for a bridge and over this dusky forms were swarming as thickly as ants into a new-made nest after passing through a rough and difficult path they came out into a large level space surrounded by majestic trees whose boughs interlaced and formed a roof high overhead from which hung down long streamers of spanish moss under this canopy were assembled hundreds of black men and women some were sitting silent and thoughtful some eagerly talking together and some singing and shouting the blaze of pine torches threw a strong light on some and made others look like great black shadows mr duncan felt a little disturbed by the strange impressive scene and was more than half disposed to wish himself at home for some time he could make nothing out of the confused buzz of voices and chanting of hymns but after a while a tall man mounted a stump and requested silence i suppose most all of ye know said he that at our last meeting we concluded to go to the british if we could get a chance but we didn't all agree what to do about our masters some said we couldn't keep our freedom without we killed the whites but others didn't like the thoughts of that we've met again to-night to talk about it and now boys if the british land here in caroline what shall we do about our masters as he sat down a tall fierce-looking mulatto sprang upon the stump at one leap and exclaimed scourge them as they have scourged us shoot them as they have shot us who talks of mercy to our masters i do said an aged black man who rose up tottering as he leaned both hands on a wooden staff i do because the blessed jesus always talked of mercy they shot my bright boy joe and sold my pretty little sally but thanks to the blessed jesus i feel it in my poor old heart to forgive em i've been a member of a methodist church these thirty years and i've heard many preachers white and black and they all tell me jesus said do good to them that do evil to you and pray for them that spite you now i say let us love our enemies let us pray for em and when our masters flog us let us sing you may beat upon my body but you cannot harm my soul. I shall join the forty thousand by and by." When the tremulous chants ceased, a loud altercation arose. Some cried out for the blood of the whites, while others maintained that the old man's doctrine was right. Louder and louder grew the sound of their excited voices, and the disguised slaveholder hid himself away, deeper among the shadows in the midst of the confusion a young man of graceful figure sprang on the stump and throwing off a coarse cotton frock showed his back and shoulders deeply gashed by a whip and oozing with blood he made no speech but turned round and round slowly while his comrades held up their torches to show his wounds he stopped suddenly and said with stern brevity blood for blood would you murder em all inquired a timid voice they don't all cruelize us does master campbell pleaded another he never have his boys flogged you wouldn't murder him would you no no shouted several voices we wouldn't murder him i wouldn't murder my master said one of mr duncan's slaves i don't want to work for him for nothing. Has done got tired of that but he shan't be killed if i can help it for he's a good master call him a good master if ye like said the youth with the bleeding shoulders if the white men don't cut up the backs that bear their burdens if they don't shoot the limbs that make em rich some are fools enough to call em good masters what right have they to sleep in soft beds while we who do all the work lie on the hard floor why should i go in coarse rags to clothe my master in broadcloth and fine linen when he knows and i know that we are sons of the same father ye may get on your knees to be flogged if ye like but i'm not the boy to do it his high bold forehead and flashing eye indicated an intellect too active and a spirit too fiery for slavery the listeners were spellbound by his superior bearing and for a while he seemed likely to carry the whole meeting in favour of revenge but the aged black leaning on his wooden staff made use of every pause to repeat the words jesus told us to return good for evil and his gentle counsel found response in many hearts a short man with roguish eyes and a laughing mouth rose up and looked round him with an expression of drollery that made everybody begin to feel good-natured after rubbing his head a little he said i don't know how to talk like bob cause i never had no chance but I's thought a heap many a time I's asked myself how de white man always get his foot on the black man sometimes i think one thing and sometimes i think another thing and they all get jumbled up in my head just like seed in de cotton at last i finds out how de white man always get he foot on the black man he took from his old torn hat a bit of crumpled newspaper and smoothing it out pointed at it while he exclaimed dat's de the way they do it They got de the knowledge and they don't let poor nigger have de knowledge maybe de british land and maybe de british no land but i tell ye boys de white man can't keep he foot on de black man if de black man git de knowledge i gwine to tell ye how i got de knowledge i sought my mind on learnin' to read but my old boss he de most begrudgefulest massa, and i knows he wouldn't let me learn so when i sees leetle massa wid he book i ax him what you call that he tells me dat's a so i take old newspaper and ax missus may i have dis to rub de boots she says yes den when i find a i looks at him till i know him very well then I ax little massa, what you call dat? He say dat's B. I look at him till I knows him very well. then I find C, A, T, and I ax little massa what that spell, and he tell me cat. then after a great long time, I read the newspaper, and there I find out that the British went to land. I tell all de boys, and dey says must have Methodist meetin'. And what you think this nigger did totter day? You know Jim, massa governor's boy. Well, I wants mighty bad to tell Jim that the British goin' to land, but he lived ten mile off, an' old boss never let me go. Well, massa governor come to masses, and I bring his hoss to de gate. I makes bow and says. How Jim do, massa governor? He tells me Jim very well. Den I tells him Jim and I was little boy together, and I wants to send Jim something. He tells me Jim have nuff of everything. I says, "Oh yes, massa governor, I knows you good massa, and Jim have everything he want. But Jim and I were little boy together, and I want to send Jim some backy Massa governor laugh say. Very well, Jack. So I gives him de in de berry bit of newspaper dat tell the British goin' to land. I marks it with black coal, so Jim be sure to see it, and massa governor hisself carry it. Massa governor hisself carry it. I has to laugh every time I think on't he clapped his hands shuffled with his feet and ended by rolling heels over head with peals of laughter the multitude joined loudly in his merriment and it took some time to restore order there was a good deal of speaking afterward and some of it was violent a large majority were in favor of being merciful to the masters but all without exception agreed to join the british if they landed with thankfulness to heaven mr duncan again found himself in the open field alone with the stars their glorious beauty seemed to him clothed in new and awful power groups of shrubbery took startling forms and the sound of the wind among the trees was like the unsheathing of swords he never forgot the lesson of that night in his heart he could not blame his bondmen for seeking their liberty and he felt grateful for the merciful disposition they had manifested toward their oppressors. For alone that night, in the solemn presence of the stars, his conscience told him that slavery was oppression, however mild the humanity of the master might make it. He did not emancipate his slaves, for he had not sufficient courage to come out against the community in which he lived he felt it a duty to warn his neighbors of impending danger but he could not bring himself to reveal the secret of the meeting in the swamp which he knew would cause the death of many helpless creatures whose only crime was that of wishing to be free after a painful conflict in his mind he contented himself with advising the magistrates not to allow any meetings of the colored people for religious purposes until the war was over I have called him Mr Duncan, but I have in fact forgotten his name. Years after he witnessed the meeting in the swamp, he gave an account of it to a gentleman in Boston, and I have stated the substance of it as it was told to me End of the Meeting in the Swamp Recording by Rhonda Fetterman